This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 54th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron, but I would actually uh, prefer if you uh, call me Mr. President from now on. Why on earth? Uh, Because I am officially the president of the Nick Bolton Fan Club. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Can I be your uh, vice president? Absolutely. Secretary of State? Absolutely. Okay. Mr. Bolton having a big having a big day. SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Did virtually everything possible on the football field for a defensive player. We and got to see it in person. Yeah, we did. I, he's earned my respect. You liked him last year. Don't act like you're just now on the Nick Bolton bandwagon. True, but that's uh, a compliment to me then, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We are going to recap a blowout of West Virginia. We've got a little bit of basketball recruiting news, and we're going to do some uh, SEC picks, talk about another should-be blowout against SEMO. And before we do all of that, we do have some news. Uh, We'll just get this one out of the way since Kyle mentioned it. Nick Bolton named SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, he was everywhere. And it's kind of crazy, um, almost the transformation that I feel like he made even from last week against Wyoming. And you could probably say that about a lot of players. But last week at Wyoming, I felt like he was just like a little bit, a step too slow everywhere. He was just kind of not quite exactly where he needed to be. And uh, But this this week, obviously, the complete opposite. He was all over the place um he even had some he did some things that won't show up in the stat sheet like got some great uh quarterback hurries and put some nice hits on uh, austin kendall so uh it was really awesome to see him just come out of come out of nowhere yeah i mean the stuff that does show up on the stat sheet were uh seven total tackles two tackles for loss two interceptions and one of them returned for a touchdown yeah, so. and like you said, we were uh, we were at this game in person, and we uh, we had pretty good seats for the first, I guess, uh, three quarters. We were kind of at midfield, and uh, for the fourth quarter, we kind of wandered over to the new south end zone and watched that quarter from there. So we had a really good view of that uh, last Nick Bolton interception where he ran it, uh, returned it for a touchdown. Yeah. That was just kind of right in front of us and had a cool view of that. So In other news, um, let's – stick with football while we're on it um some big news for the sec east uh two starting quarterbacks have gone down in the last week kentucky lost junior quarterback terry wilson for the rest of the season with a torn patellar tendon and south carolina lost senior quarterback jake bentley he's having uh season ending surgery probably career ending surgery since he was a senior so Two SEC East teams without their starting quarterback. Yeah, uh, that's definitely big news. Um, two teams that Mizzou has not done well against the last few years. Uh, I think they have a four-year losing streak against Kentucky and a three-year losing streak against South Carolina. So 
two teams they need to beat this year, and this is probably going to help with that. Uh, but both both these guys um, were you know proven leaders on their teams, especially Jake Bentley. I mean, he's been around in the SEC for a while. Uh, really good, smart player. So that's that's a big deal. I don't know if he has a redshirt year or not, or maybe I don't know if he loses eligibility for this year or not but he might be able to come back for another year that's true depending on the severity of the injury and how well he can recover from it yeah so never like to see guys go down even on opposing rival teams uh but this uh obviously we the sec east was already not looking great these should definitely be two winnable games i would agree uh missouri got a commitment from a kicker named harrison mevis and according to some sources, he's the number two kicker recruit in the country. Yeah. Um, I want to say when Tucker McCann was recruited, he was the number one kicker recruit in the country. Yeah, I, I think so. I think some people would have considered him the number one kicker. And obviously, Tucker McCann's had a very a pretty solid career at Missouri. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely big news. It's kind of one of those, uh, it's almost like offensive line commits where it's not that exciting, I guess, when it happens, but you'll be thankful when you have a good kicker uh, whenever he uh, gets here to Missouri. I'm assuming he'll be a four-year starter. Yeah. it's uh, Obviously, we knew something was going to have to happen because Tucker McCann is the kicker and the punter this year, and he's going to be graduating, so now we know who that's going to be. Yep. Uh, switching gears to basketball, um, we've talked a lot on this podcast about Caleb Love, the 2020 guard from CBC in St. Louis. Um, pretty much the top uh, recruit on Missouri's board at this point for 2020. Probably him and Josh Christopher right there at the top. He was in Columbia while we were there. We saw him over on the sidelines, and we saw him walk through the concourse with all the basketball, the whole basketball team, basically. And then uh, the Cornell man and... Um, right. I shouldn't have started to say their names. I... Uh, <laughs> Hollander, yes. uh, the two assistant coaches and Caleb Love's parents walked right up the stairs right next yep. to us. Probably. Yeah, they were sitting like row two, yeah. kind of at the 45-yard line. Mm-hmm. So uh, by all accounts, he had a really good um, weekend in Columbia, and Missouri coaches met with him in St. Louis already since then, and he cut Indiana from his list, basically. He was scheduled to... Um, visit Indiana and he is not doing that anymore yeah this is just crazy uh, how much ground we've covered with Caleb Love really in the last few weeks um, I mean we've been saying on this podcast for probably over a year um, how badly Mizzou wants this kid how good of a prospect he is and how little chance we have to land him like right. I it's like almost barely why do we even mention him it's it's such a long shot um, and now all of a sudden, it looks like Mizzou, I mean, I don't think you'd be crazy to say Mizzou might be in the driver's seat right now. And obviously, that's that's pretty uh, optimistic because I still think North Carolina is a huge player, and I but I really think it's a two-team race right now between us and them. Uh, which, it, But it's, it's crazy that he eliminated Indiana from his list uh, because I probably would have considered Indiana maybe having a better shot than us if you had asked me three days ago. So I, I've always thought that Indiana might be kind of the dark horse um, in his recruitment, but... Uh, looks like they are out of the race. He's still scheduled to visit um, Kansas, Louisville, and North Carolina. Um, I think Louisville and then to a greater extent North Carolina are the teams to watch out here or watch out for here. And it'll be really interesting to see if they take any commits 
before he decides where he's going to go because mm-hmm. um, that could shape things a little bit. A lot of people think that's one of the reasons why Indiana um, kind of fell out with him because they started taking commitments at, you know, all different positions, including lead guard. And so there probably wasn't really a place for him anymore. Um, I don't know. I just think it, it's so interesting when these guys start scheduling visits and, and going on visits and when you go when a player goes on a visit to Missouri and then immediately knocks a team out of their out of the running, that can only be good for the team that they just visited. I mean, you could easily visit a team and then turn around and say, yeah, they're not in contention anymore. Uh, visits usually go well, so you don't usually see that, but um, a guy just kicking a team out of his list basically before ever visiting. I mean, it'll just be really interesting to see when he goes on his visit to Louisville and North Carolina, what the stories coming out of those visits are, um, what changes with his timeline. And I think we'll know a lot here in the next couple of months. Yeah, I agree. And it was kind of cool just to be, uh, just kind of to see a little bit of his, of his visit firsthand on the inside a little bit. And I, I really do think that part of his visit this weekend um, was unique in the fact that the whole team really seemed to be a part of his visit. And I'm not sure that's common that, you know, the whole team goes and hangs out at the football game and, and everybody really seems like they're hanging out together, having a good time. Another thing I saw on the internet this week that I would consider pretty significant in 2019 is that Caleb Love follows every member of the Missouri basketball team, which is seems kind of fickle, I guess, but I would probably say that's probably a good thing. Yeah. And probably a pretty significant thing. So, and obviously Conzo Martin, uh, we've said it time after time that just seems like a guy you'd want to play for, um, has been very diligent in this whole recruitment, has never get, you know, given up and uh, has really sought after him this whole time. So um, right now everything looks pretty good. Uh, we still have a long way to go uh, considering who we're up against here. But things look definitely looked as uh, better than it ever has. By far. Um, I thought it was interesting that in the social media posts and stuff you did see uh, and some just some articles I was reading um, he was hanging around with Javon Pickett and Jeremiah Tillman Mark Smith these St. Louis area guys um, who can probably relate to his situation quite a bit and that's that's great that's what you want I think they had a pool party at uh, the Martin residence as a team so I don't know seems like they're doing everything right at least from our perspective in other, I don't know if it's really basketball recruiting news. I mean, maybe there was some recruiting that went on with this story, even though you're not supposed to do that in high school. But um, Greenwood Laboratory School here in Springfield, they um, are the reigning Class Two state champions. And if you aren't familiar with that team, maybe you're familiar with Aminu Muhammad. He's their star guard. He's a top 10 player in the 2021 class. They added another transfer from the D.C. area, which is where Muhammad's from, um, a 6'9 forward named Victory Naboya is probably how you say that. Good job. And they are going to be in the Tournament of Champions this year. And um, I don't think he, uh, this new player, I don't think his recruitment has really taken off yet. But um, getting to play in the Tournament of Champions with all those scouts and uh, top tier opponents will help that quite a bit. Is he twenty twenty one as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So definitely two names to keep an eye on if you like to follow uh, high school basketball or 
or Mizzou basketball recruiting, two guys that will probably be uh, definitely be around for a long time. We'll, we'll be talking about these guys for a while. And they should just absolutely destroy Missouri Class 2 this coming season. Yeah, they could probably compete with anybody in, in the state in their Class 2, so that's kind of ridiculous. Hopefully they can maybe – maybe they'll pull off an upset. I think they – Still, they can, will struggle in the uh, tournament of champions. But yeah. When you've got a transcendent player like that, I don't. I don't think there's ever been a class two team play in the tournament of champions. No, because so. I think Catholic played in it last year, and they I think were they were the first three. class three ever yeah. to play in it. So I think they they've got their work cut out for them, but we'll see. Uh, that's all the news I have. So I think we are ready to talk about this West Virginia game. Um, first, just the game day experience it's always fun to go to columbia and see a game live it was a little warm uh just if you looked at the temperature it wasn't that bad but when you're just sitting in the stadium with the heat radiating off the metal seats yeah like not moving for like three hours yeah yeah i think we all got a little toasty i think my face is like peeling like a like i'm a <laughs> reptile or something now so uh, I, mine turned to a tan pretty well nice but yeah, i've got a good over there. incredible farmer's tan Ooh, yeah but yeah, it was, it was toasty. We did but move over to the shade in the south end, end zone, like you mentioned uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, it was kind of, it was kind of tough to know how full the stadium was behind us, but it seemed like there was a lot of people there. Um, I was definitely I was happy with the turnout. Yeah. I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, south end zone looked great. Um, really cool. We went over there, like you said, and uh, just I don't know. It just it, I think it kind of helped to like complete the stadium a little bit mm-hmm. kind of just fill the uh fill the gaps and i think it might have helped with crowd noise a little bit too kind of help contain the noise it seemed a little bit a little bit louder we had a lot of things to cheer about too in the first half of that game yeah. as well and that's got to be such a cool experience for the players and the fans that are at field level during pregame stuff and um when the team comes out you know when they're announced and run out on the field there's uh, fans on either side of them cheering them on so that's a pretty cool experience for everybody i imagine and they've got this like garage door that comes up i didn't realize obviously you couldn't see down in there from our perspective but um, they showed on instagram later like this metal door coming up to like release the players out onto the field nice and that was kind of a cool um visual yeah i think there's been some nfl stadiums that have kind of done the same uh design of kind of them coming out of the locker rooms and stuff and there's like the fans around them mm-hmm. and stuff like that so um yeah it it's just a, a great addition and that uh, was really cool to see um but uh, as far as the game goes i mean we had great seats the game went as good as it could have possibly gone uh missouri absolutely dominated from the very beginning of the game it was not a game at all like by the second quarter so everything that i wanted to see in this game happened really yeah, I mean, my only concern at this point is, is West Virginia just really, really terrible, and does this really not mean anything? That's, I thought uh, I kind of maybe thought we would get more information from this game than we probably did uh, going into it, which is kind of disappointing, but um, let's, let's talk about it here a little bit, and we'll kind of get our takeaways. Um, first play of the game, West Virginia attempted an onside kick, which just failed miserably and just gave Missouri great field position. We were just like, okay, we'll take that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, but Missouri did have to punt on that drive. Uh, West Virginia punted it back to Missouri, uh, but this time they scored with a Tucker McCann field goal. And then uh, the Mountaineers next possession ended with Nick Bolton's first interception of the game. And uh, I think that was a, a tipped pass 
he came down with. And Missouri was able to turn that into a touchdown from Kelly Bryant to Albert O. And that was just an amazing, like, I don't think we were able to appreciate it on like seeing it live. And then when I watched the highlights afterwards, that was such a fantastic throw kind yeah. of to the front corner of the end zone. Yeah. Great throw right on the catch. money. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Missouri went up 10 0. And I think I said to you at that point, it'd be really nice to be the next team that scores. Yeah. And not only were they the next team that scored, they scored the next three times. So didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, it, it was, uh, we, we kind of, pre- we previewed West Virginia probably pretty accurately last week. Um, cause right out the gate, um, they, they threw the ball like uh, passes of over 20 yards, two different times on the first drive. Uh, it looked like Austin Kendall, like had some pretty nice touch on his passes. Um, he's a transfer from Oklahoma. So clearly a guy who is talented, um, may just not have a great team around him to catch some of those passes, but it lo- looked well, like he had very nice no touch time. on him no time to throw yeah. um, and I'll get to that in a second but I think he did get hit pretty hard at one point in the game and I didn't know this uh, during the game live but I went back and watched the first half on uh, on YouTube and uh, I, apparently he cut his throwing hand pretty bad oh, wow. um, and so he was pretty apparently a pretty significant cut um, so that probably may have impacted his performance a little bit I don't know how much but and speaking of of getting to the quarterback the defensive ends played really well and and we knew that the cornerbacks and the defensive ends were gonna have to show up in this game um, because it was just a complete opposite offense that they were facing than Wyoming, where West Virginia didn't really want to run, they wanted to throw, um, and I think they, I think the the uh, defensive line gave really good pressure the whole game. Obviously, the linebackers were near perfection, and I think the cornerbacks played really well as, uh, too. And they didn't even have Ware. Jarvis Ware didn't even play. Right, right. So uh, just a great defensive performance um, all around, really. Yeah, um, Ronnell Perkins picked off another pass that was tipped. Um, then Missouri just started running the ball. I mean, they didn't really feel the need to be throwing it too much after that as far as like when they were kind of in the middle of the field. I think they were still kind of experimenting with some things in the red zone. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. But um, on Missouri's next possession, they ran, ball, ran the ball eight times, and uh, Larry Roundtree scored on a 10-yard touchdown to go up 17-0. And I really thought the shutout was over. Um, West Virginia was driving. I think they had the ball at like the Missouri 20 even, right around there. But then Austin Kendall took a sack, pushed it back to a uh, 45-yard field goal, and they missed it. So I I thought the shutout was going to end there, but it continued, and Missouri answered with a touchdown on a 12-play drive. And we saw Dawson Downing get like five carries on that drive. Um, We thought that... It may not uh, turn into a touchdown though, because uh, a penalty put them back to twelve and, or sorry, second and seventeen, and uh, Kelly, that was a play where Kelly Bryant kind of spun away from a sack and then found Daniel Parker Jr. for a first down. Yeah. Just kind of made something out of nothing. Yeah, that was a that was a cool drive, and it was cool to see Dawson Downing out there. So I guess he's the third string running back. Um, I'm not sure what happened to uh, Simi uh, Bakare, um, but I think Dawson. Downing earned that third spot. He played really well. We've known about him for a while. He's played well whenever he's had uh, some some chances. So uh, good to see him performing well. Um, he just runs over people, man. He's yeah. he's like a almost like a Larry Roundtree or something out there. And then uh, that drive ended with another touchdown to Alberto, and that was the one where uh, Kelly Bryant just completely sidestepped a guy that was going for the sack and kept his eyes downfield and found Alberto, and that was just. Uh, 
perfection. I mean, that was just beautiful play. Mm-hmm. Great footwork. Yeah, he. I've never seen a guy look so calm in a collapsing pocket. Like, yeah. he, like literally, that guy was just taking a straight line right at him, and um, I didn't even know if he saw him. And he just, whoop, yep. just a little sidestep and delivered a perfect pass. Um, Missouri's defense just kept uh, shutting down West Virginia. They forced a, a turnover on downs uh, with a sack, and then Missouri offense turned that into another touchdown, this time a pass to Barrett Bannister. And that put him up 31-0. to zero. Yeah, and just like utter domination. It was still the first half. Yeah. I, I Actually, I think the touchdown pass may have come like right. Uh, it, it, I think it was like a minute or so left in the, yeah. in the half. It was honestly – uh masterfully done and the way that they drove down the field with just left the perfect amount of time left i think there was like 20 seconds left on the clock uh at the end of that drive um so west virginia really just had no time to really do anything so um it was game over 31-0 honestly like the game is over you how could you couldn't hope for anything better than that I, they, I really couldn't think of very many ways in which they can improve. Honestly, everything from top to bottom, coaching, special teams, was West all Virginia great. had negative rushing yards at halftime. Yeah, it's just, and I think they finished with thirty yards. I think they only had thirty-two yards last week, and I said, "Well, right. that, surely that will never happen again." Yeah, you know, they just that was a fluke, and then of course they have even less yards this week. So uh, I don't know. They they're probably just a horrible running offense. Um, but I mean, I think we got to give Mizzou's defense some credit as well. Yeah, the second half, um, there was a lot of punting. There were eight punts in the second half. Tucker McCann did miss a field goal. We kind of talked about how it was a, a red zone possession that they just kind of just messed up in every way and it ended with the missed field goal. And we were thinking, like, a red zone possession like that's probably going to happen in an important spot, so we should maybe be prepared for that. Um, but then uh, we talked about it earlier. Nick Bolton got that interception, returned it for a touchdown. West Virginia did get a super garbage time uh, touchdown. Yeah, I don't think there was any starters in at that point. Inevitable that that would happen. So the final score was thirty-eight to seven. Uh, I think Kelly Bryant. Uh, we didn't. I didn't notice this live in person. He. We just thought you know he left because of the blowout. But apparently he was overheated, is what I saw on Twitter. But no concern there for this week, and. Uh, Larry Roundtree did get uh, quite a few snaps in the third quarter when a couple of the other starters had left, and then but the fourth quarter was pretty much all backups. Yeah, actually that bring that made me think of a interesting point that I brought up to you. I think in the game was it definitely looked almost that Tyler Beatty was RB one in this game, and it's made me wonder uh, who was going to get more carries this year and. That might be an interesting poll question. Maybe I'll send that out right now. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Roundtree still is RB1, or is it kind of just uh Well, Roundtree in this game did end up with 17 carries to Beatty's 12. Okay. So I think they – Odom has – he has been very confident in Roundtree anytime he's talked about him. But the fact that they were giving him the ball when the game was out of reach, maybe – he's not doing anything that you would think I'm trying to say that they're trying to get him right or something by giving him extra touches when the game's out of reach but I don't see anything that he needs to make right yeah yeah he um he's still been solid you know he I I think that he still hasn't really shown us what he can be 
um, yet, uh, but I, I think that he'll. I think he'll he'll be better um, going forward. I, I think he actually had a slow start last year as well, if I remember correctly. So maybe just needs a couple games to uh, knock off the rust. Um, but I, I still think he's been pretty solid. Maybe a 35-yard rush against SEMO this week will kind of knock the rust off a little bit. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about about this West Virginia game. Oh, I wanted to do uh, non sack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in there, uh, Kelly Bryant was escaping the pocket, trying to get away from a defender. The defender kind of had a hold of him, and then they just blew the play dead yeah. without a tackle ever occurring. Yeah, he, he like spun as out he, of it. As he gets out yeah. of it. Yeah. He was That's... for sure spinning out of the tackle as the whistle was blowing, and he had plenty of room in front of him. I don't I don't think it would have necessarily been a huge play, but right. like, it was he could have easily got back to the line of scrimmage or thrown mm-hmm. the ball away. Yeah. It was a quick whistle. It was right in front of us. Uh and we I don't we got a, a nice hearty boo from oh, the yeah. entire crowd, which it definitely <laughs> did. was good to be a part of that. It would have been nice if uh in the Georgia game last year, if you remember, I think Albert O got uh yeah. like the fumble play. Yeah. It would have been nice if we got that quick of a whistle last Seriously. year. Seriously. Um but yeah, that was kind of a a bogus call uh i did want to shout out a uh, friend of the podcast yes uh we had a, kind of a funny thing happen uh while we were at the game this weekend uh so we uh, wore our missouri sports podcast shirts uh to the game and um it was just, we actually uh, had somebody on twitter who whom we've never met but we uh we, re- we respect very much now <laughs> uh spotted our shirts and gave us a little shout out on twitter on so. espn too they, they saw yeah us. so that you they saw us on uh on tv and sent us a tweet and that was uh at zook underscore tristan so tristan thanks for the shout out we're gonna send you a shirt um thanks for uh spotting our our uh, our shirts on tv but it's funny because my dad actually was watching the game and he just happened to send a little video clip of uh of us on tv at the same exact time that tristan sent us the tweet so i knew that he really did see us on tv so that was pretty funny yeah it's uh I tweeted at uh, Darren Ravel and tried to see, you know, how much brand exposure that was worth, but he, he hasn't gotten back to me yet. <laughs> okay, I'm sure he will. Uh, Cameron, producer Cameron, how'd you like your uh, trip to Columbia? That, how many Mizzou games have you been to in person now? Three. Nice. We saw Tennessee two years ago. Last year we went to the Memphis game. Yep. Yes. Three wins, three like blowout wins. You're, you might be our good luck charm, man. Yeah. We have to take them to Columbia every time. <laughs> Should have been there in 2014 when they played Indiana. Yeah, seriously. All right, well, I think that's all I got for West Virginia. Um, it's kind of sinks that we can't analyze it more, but it's uh, I'll nice take to I'll just, take the blowout yeah. win. Yep, I will too. So Missouri is now one and one, and the last time they were one and one was in 2017 when they beat Missouri State and lost to South Carolina. Now we can turn our attention to college football as a whole because we have a game where we have selected teams of teams made up of teams. We drafted college football teams that we thought had a good chance of making the college football playoff at the end of the year and we had some losses this week. So producer Cameron, his squad of Oklahoma, Ohio State, Florida, and Washington took a hit when Washington lost, and now they are ranked 23rd in the nation. 
and you have the first opportunity to trade them out if you would like to do so. I sure would like to. Losing's not going to cut it on my team, <laughs> so we're going to have to get them out of there. Okay. There's a, a lot of undefeated teams out there. Who do you like? Oh, I think I'm going to choose Auburn. Auburn Whoa. Tigers. So now you have Oklahoma, Ohio State, Florida, and number... So Florida eight. is ranked ninth. Auburn is ranked eighth. So two SEC schools. Yep, I wasn't going to do it, but <laughs> here I am doing it. We have, between the three of us, one, two, three, four, five SEC teams in our teams. So Kyle, your team, Texas, lost, and now they are ranked 12th. They lost to my LSU Tigers. So you now have the opportunity to trade them out if you would like to do so. Uh, by the way, I hate Texas. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to trade them out because I still think you hate them so could, much you just want to. Hold they on could to probably them. run the table and still make the uh, the playoff because the Big Twelve sucks. Uh, but I'll I'll switch them out, and I guess I'll just go for uh, for Penn State. Nice. I was really hoping you would do that because I actually, none of my teams have lost, but I am going to make a, make a trade. I think that Wisconsin is going to beat Michigan this weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and switch out Michigan for Wisconsin. Wow. Wow. That's and incredible. I was kind of looking ahead at Wisconsin's schedule. If they can pull this one off against Michigan, it'll be really tough. But their schedule sets up nicely for the next few weeks. They could. I think they got a shot at winning the Big Ten. I think Ohio State so, might be. So far, Wisconsin beat, has given up zero points in the two games that they've played. That's impressive. They played bad teams. West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> maybe about West Virginia caliber teams. But Michigan did not look that great against. Army. Yeah. So I'm jumping on the Wisconsin bandwagon. That might be a good move. So next week I get first choice again. Uh, I guess I don't know. I got. I need to look at how uh, Rosillo and Canel did it when they did it. Uh, makes sense to me. Yeah, potentially, probably, but I'll double check. All right. So those are our squads. I've got Clemson, LSU, Notre Dame, and Wisconsin. Kyle has Alabama, Georgia, Utah, and Penn State. Producer Cameron has Oklahoma, Ohio State, Florida, and Auburn. See if we have any losses this week. And now we can go ahead and preview the week three matchup against SEMO. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't have much to say about this one. Yeah, this is pretty much a scrimmage. Um, hopefully Taylor Powell's in there by like the third quarter and along with a lot of the other backups. This just shouldn't, I don't even know, this shouldn't be even remotely difficult for Missouri. Yeah, so going back two weeks now, uh, West Virginia struggled with an FCS team, even though I said on this podcast, this FCS team is not terrible. They're good for an FCS team. Although West Virginia struggled with them and then Missouri blew them out, which kind of leads me to believe that West Virginia is awful. SEMO um, is worse than that FCS team that West Virginia struggled with. So using the college football... Um, property uh, transitive, yeah, transitive, transitive property. property of college football 
Missouri should just steamroll SEMO. Yeah, that's really good analysis, and I <laughs> I really can't I can't argue with with that at all. That logic is undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> so in a blowout against SEMO, what do you want to see from the Missouri Tigers? I, I want to see the defense play good again. I think that they've shown they, they can play really well. Um, I think they've shown they can also play terrible against terrible teams. So just because SEMO is SEMO uh, doesn't mean that the safeties are still going to play well. So I want to see some consistency uh, with the safeties in the, no the D-line. No big plays. Yeah, I, I just want to see some some uh, three and outs. And make them if, – if they're going to score, make them drive the field. You right. know, make it take ten plays. Don't yeah. let them score – don't let them get big chunks because yeah. that's where you can lose games to worse teams. Yeah, yeah. The offense is going to do whatever it wants in this game, so I just want to see the the defense put together some consistency. I want to see the offense get a few of those big plays. I feel like um, that doesn't have to be their identity this year, like it was when Drew Locke was the quarterback, and it's not going to be. But um, sometimes we would talk about the Drew Locke led teams needing to be a little bit more balanced and balance out those big plays with some long um uh what's the word like just like meditative drives almost yeah. just meticulous just drives. meticulously driving the ball down the field and meditative meditative just what really just just thinking about it and just emptying their mind and just meditating the ball <laughs> that down is the field. maybe the dumbest thing i've ever said <laughs> probably not it works um i want to see them get a few big plays yeah and um Cam Scott had a big reception in week one, but we didn't really have that many, you know, huge plays. Of course, yeah. there w- uh, Missouri had a short field a lot of the time against West Virginia, and that's probably going to be the, the case against SEMO. But um, break off a few big runs is the main thing that I want to see. Larry Roundtree hasn't had that kind of – seems like against these bad teams, he usually breaks off a nice 30, 40-yard run. Yeah. Uh, very quickly going back to West Virginia, that was actually a good point that Missouri really dominated the field position battle in that game. Obviously they dominated in like every avenue possible, but they really made things difficult in West Virginia. Every single drive, they had to drive like 70 yards. So really good job for special teams, really pinning them deep every time or, or whatever it was. So, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point with the big plays against SEMO. Um, we, you know, like you said, we really haven't seen much of that this year. So yeah, I'd like to see Roundtree or, or Beatty, you know, rip off a big run or, or see Kelly Bryant, uh, complete a, a long pass or something like that. So, or a big run from Kelly or Bryant. big, or a big run. So yeah, I think that'll definitely be something I'm looking for. Um, which of the starters do you think are going to get the touchdowns in this one? I'm really hoping since I predicted Albert O to have a crazy season I want him to stay on track and get a touchdown in this one. Um, I think I would want to see maybe a couple of wide receivers get a touchdown. I don't. I think maybe Barrett Bannister. Barrett Bannister, Barrett Bannister just got one. Might, well, that's what I was going to say. He oh. might have the only one that I can think of from a wide receiver so far. I'm sure there's been others I can't remember, but um, I'd like to maybe see Jalen Knox get in the end zone mm-hmm. or just get some, some confidence going for a couple of those other wide receivers. Yep, I agree. Um, we kind of skipped over this, but were there any changes to the week two depth chart? I don't believe there were. No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't believe Trajan Jeffcoat's going to play, and that's probably smart. Um, he probably, he hopefully will be ready for South Carolina. And then uh, I believe Jarvis Ware is going to be back this week. Cool. So let's get your official score prediction. Or I, you went first last time. I'll go first this time. I think Missouri's going to win 
I feel like I always pick like 41 for Missouri when I want them to win. I'm going to say 42 to 10. I'll say 56 to 13. Wow. Offensive explosion. That's probably way too high because I think they're going to get the second stringers in there pretty early. And they, when probably Taylor just, Powell was in there, yeah. they only ran the ball. I don't even know I if mean, I saw he, him throw very many passes. He, I'll tell you right now, he was over three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Three big passes. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll stand by it. I think we're probably both too high on both teams. You might be right. Point. I think last time when we played SEMO in like 2015, it was like Drew Locke's freshman year. It was actually really low scoring. I think we won like 34 to three or something like that. So considerably I'm changing my lower. prediction to 34 to three. Officially, I'm doing it. Okay. That was the game that also Drew Locke had that massive touchdown pass to one of those like fourth string running backs that hardly ever got to play. And I don't remember his name, but I don't know. Do you remember that? It was like his first touchdown. It was like... Not at all. It was, oh, okay. <laughs> it happened. It happened, folks. Look it up. Look it up on YouTube. I'm sure it's there. I can't remember the receiver's name, so I apologize. But Drew Locke's first ever touchdown. Very much. I, I don't even know. I think right. it was. Are you, are you looking it up? I might. We need, we got to know now. We'll move on, and I'll look it up in the background. Okay. Uh, we're moving on to SEC Pick'em Plus Nebraska. And unfortunately for Kyle... I was 6-0 and last week, including wow. two upset picks. I picked BYU to beat Nebraska. Sorry. I picked BYU to beat Tennessee. I'd pick BYU to beat Nebraska. Don't don't even test me yeah, on you, that. Yeah, you'd be right. I picked BYU to beat Tennessee. They did. And I picked Colorado to beat Nebraska. And they did. Kyle picked the... You also picked BYU, so mm-hmm. good job there. Thank you. Uh, but you missed on Vanderbilt, Texas, and Nebraska. And that's what you get for picking Texas and Nebraska. Yeah, I can't stand either one of those teams. I don't even know why I put my faith in them. Right, Producer Cameron? I wouldn't. <laughs> so now I'm winning 12-9. to 9, But uh, we got six more games to pick this week. Starting off with Mississippi State, an eight-point favorite at home against Kansas State. And uh, I should probably pick first this week since you picked first last week. I'm going to take... Kansas State. Ooh, going for the upset? Yep. All right, I'll go for Mississippi State. Did you happen to see in the uh, Tennessee-BYU game last week when uh, I just saw this, like, yesterday, but the Tennessee quarterback, like, had, like, a designed run and his shoe, like, came off when he got tackled and the BYU player just literally chucked it, like, across the field. That was really funny. Yep. Uh, Next up, uh, Tennessee at home against Chattanooga. There's no way they win that game by 28 points. No. They're favored by 28. If we were picking against the spread, we'd pick uh, Chattanooga all day. Yeah, i got to pick Tennessee. They, they're going to win at least one game this year. Yeah. I Maybe. Pick, yeah, i got to pick Tennessee there. Uh, they, they'd probably f- if, if they lost to Chattanooga as a 28-point favorite at home. They'd be they, wild. Uh, they, there'd be a lot of people questioning the head coach, that's for sure. I'm sure no one is doing that yet, though. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have a potential blowout in a conference game. Alabama at South Carolina. That seems like a massive spread as well. But Alabama is favored by 25 and a half. <sighs> Alabama, of course, is going to win this game, but it's going to be more like by 
17. 17. That's what I was going to say. Wow. Uh, I'm going to pick Alabama, and I think they're going to win by 17. <laughs> All right. Here's a good one for you. We have number nine, Florida. Another road favorite. Eight and a half point favorite on the road at Kentucky. Of course, we just talked about earlier Kentucky without their starting quarterback. Yeah, I have to pick Florida in this game. So far, that uh, they've, they've given me no reason to think that they're going to drop a game they shouldn't. Uh, Kentucky is going to be their first game without uh, their quarterback. Wilson. Uh, Terry Wilson, as well as, uh, well, not their first game, but uh, they obviously don't have Benny Snell from last year. I don't even know who is making plays for Kentucky now. That both of those guys are gone, to be honest. Uh, I think Florida wins this game probably fairly easily. Are you like uh, more than eight and a half points, probably? I believe so. Except, that, I mean, I'm not like sold on uh, Franks, but I just don't think Kentucky's all that scary right now. Yeah. I wish if... They have a good defense. I really want to pick Kentucky in this, and I, and I probably would have if it weren't for the quarterback injury. I think South Carolina is set up better to deal with their losing their starting quarterback than Kentucky is. So unfortunately I'm going to have to pick Florida, but I'll be mad at myself when Kentucky wins this one. And I'll be rooting for Kentucky for sure. Then we have uh, Arkansas, who is a nine and a half point favorite at home against Colorado State. Who did Arkansas play last week? That's putting me on the spot. Okay. Did they win? They beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss won. Ole Miss won. We both picked Ole Miss and Ole Miss won. Okay. Oh, man. Arkansas. Who's worse, Arkansas or Tennessee? Uh, is Tennessee worse than Vanderbilt? Choose. Is Tennessee worse yes. than Vanderbilt? Yes. Yes, they are. Okay. Can you pick first? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pick Colorado State. I am too. And then we have Nebraska at home against Northern Illinois. Nebraska coming off of the heartbreaking loss to Colorado. I actually watched that the end of that game. That was nuts. That was just craziness. I feel bad for you for watching that. I enjoyed it. Oh, wow. Anyway, <laughs> in this <laughs> sorry, one. Sorry, producer Cameron. <laughs> I, I, I feel bad. Oh, you enjoyed them losing. I, I enjoy- get it. Yes. Um, I'm really fast. Yeah, I think Nebraska. Yeah, you, that was that was nice. Northern Illinois. Nebraska plays Northern Illinois. They're I'm gonna, a 14 point favorite at home. I'm going to pick Nebraska again. Um, I just think they're really going to have a big bounce back week. Yeah, probably. Um, can I change my Arkansas pick? Yep. I think Arkansas is going to win. Okay. I'm going to really be kicking myself if they don't. <clears throat> I was like. I was happy that you picked with me so that, you know, I wouldn't have that point swing if you, but it's just one that, point with exactly. me picking the um, upset if it goes my way. If it goes your way, this is already over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I can find is that it was, uh, that game against SEMA was 34-3. to Okay. And he did throw his first touchdown pass. But who was it to? It was a white guy. Hey, easy now. Easy now. It was not Dawson Dabbing. talk about st- skin tones on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So it was... Um, now i got to look up like the whole 2015 roster and just go through all the white guys. 
No, I'll tell you here in just a yeah, you will. one moment. People listening to this are yelling the name. Probably not. But we can't hear them. This is obscure. Uh, somebody out there knows it. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you knew it before I say it, let us know that you knew it. <laughs> On Twitter, at Missouri Sports Pod. Missouri Sports Pod. Remember we used to do the... Uh... Tyler Hunt. Yes, that was it. 78-yard pass from Drew Locke. Yeah. Should we watch it? Yeah, we should. It's going to have an ad. Maybe, if we can ever get it to work. In the meantime, I did some calculations for field position for Missouri. Wow. (laughs) 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 He was, like, so pleasantly surprised. In the first half, their average starting field position was the 39-yard line. And for the whole game, it was the 37 Wow. What That's about West Virginia? Really good. I didn't really care to look. <sighs> I can if you'd like, but no, the podcast okay. might be over by the time I get that done. No. The video wouldn't load, so oh, we'll just well, cut all a, of that out. That's a tragedy. <laughs> all right. Is that the show for this week? Yeah, I think that's it. we got to get back and watch the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah. we got to watch some football tonight. Uh, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert 08. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week after another win. I love Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm.